Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you have had the most amazing week. We already know because we just know how life is lifing that every time we come together, the week has been long. Um, A lot of us going through our little issues and I won't say little because I don't want to minimize, but whatever we have on our hearts that we're going through good or bad, the weeks are always seemingly long. So if this is the first time that you're tuning into Conversations with Toy, welcome and thank you for tuning in. I am Toy, the podcaster. I'm also a content creator and blogger and a mental health advocate. And I enjoy, literally enjoy using my voice to talk about things such as mental health, self-care, just different things that are happening on these internet streets. And... I love to hear the perspectives of new people, people who, again, bring in their own slice of energy, a new way of thinking. Some things are things that I would necessarily not agree with. Some things I do, but again, we can all learn from other people and I'm always open to that. So thank you for tuning in. Three things you can do. One, you're already doing the first. You're listening. Listen to the entire episode. Number two, review. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, give it a review. I love reading your reviews. And number three, share, share the podcast. We do have a guest this podcast episode. We have no other, none other than James Earl Jones II. Um, if you're familiar with that name, it's very significant as we have all, for the most part, have heard of James Earl Jones. Um, this is the distant cousin of James Earl Jones. We will talk with him about his new role in the upcoming musical called company it is coming here to the philadelphia region november the 28th through december the 10th if you are here or in the philadelphia area you must see this if you're not in the philadelphia area i would advise you to look them up because the show is called company or the musical is called company and they are touring all around north america so go ahead and look on the website and find out where they're playing near you in the show notes will be obviously the link for the Kimmel Center so that you can book your tickets because you should know by now, or if you're new here, I am absolutely in love with theater. I've always been around theater my just about my entire life. And there's something about theater that just is amazing. You get to see people bring stories to life, especially when they're musicals. I love musicals. And this would be no different. I will be seeing the show and I cannot wait. But a little bit about Ger- James Earl Jones II. Um, He has been in a lot of amazing shows, one being Coming From Away. Um, I've seen that here in Philadelphia, Gershwin's Porgy and Bess, Porchlight Music, Goodman, Marriott Court, Chicago, Shakespeare, Writers, Looking Glass, Lyric Opera, Chicago, SF Opera, Chicago Symphony, Orchestra, Ravina, and some of the TV filming credits is Maybe I Do, uh, Porker House, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Sherman and Showcase, 4400 and Southside, 
And he would love to thank his family, friends, Stuart Talent, Tara Rubin Casting, and the company team, his mom, dad, Jay, always. So in this conversation that we will have today, we're talking about what led him to go and step into this career. Like, if you talk to anybody, everybody has a story as to how they start. And so I get to talk to him and just discover what was his reasoning. And you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised. You know, sometimes when you talk to people about their story, they, they say that I've wanted this since I was a kid. Like, I felt like this was my calling. But James's story is not of the, the fact that he knew that he was going to do this. This was like something he's always wanted. He pivoted from what from one uh, career that he thought he wanted to go into into something completely different. So we're going to tune in and listen to James's conversation. I loved this conversation because we talked about mental health and self-care. We talked about what he does to pour back into his cup. And it's just a refreshing conversation. So we're going to get into that. But before we get into that conversation, let's just talk about a few things that are happening on these uh, Internet streets. The first main story that has had everybody in a chokehold these last couple days has been the story about Kiki Palmer. We have talked about her on the show before in regards to the whole Usher conversation about what she should or should not be wearing. And then lo and behold, now we're dealing with the allegations of him being physical with her, threatening her, causing her mischief, you know, in and around her son. And I'm not shocked. And this is why. Oftentimes, people don't recognize a lot of the the red flags when you're dealing with someone, if they're controlling your outfits, if they're controlling what you can and cannot wear. It's one thing to have a preference. Like my husband's preference is always going to be something that's a little bit more sexier. He is all for that. He does not have a problem with me wearing sexier things out because he feels like, you know, that's letting people know like, hey, this is my his wife and she looks good. And that's that. Like he does not have a problem with that. But it would be different if his preference became a thing where he only wanted me in sexy outfits. He could never see me outside without anything that wasn't revealing or things of that sort. Or he would be disrespectful to me because I'm wearing something that would be more covered up or telling me that I had to wear certain things or trying to shame me after wearing certain things. That's not the case. But in Kiki Palmer's uh, situation, it is. Oftentimes people who are physical will have already started to control you in other ways. And I feel like that definitely is the case here with Kiki Palmer. The issue now is that it's escalated into the fact that there were conversations that were recorded and most specifically with uh, Sharon, which is Kiki Palmer's mother. And I didn't see or hear, I didn't hear anything that I think a mother wouldn't have said. I have two daughters and a son. It really doesn't matter at all, but I do know that as a mother, if I knew that my child was being hurt or harmed, I'm coming with everything I can come with to protect them. I do want to say that Sharon, which is again, Kiki's Palmer, Kiki Palmer's mother is a professional cusser. And if you've ever been around like some old school professional cussers, they can put some words together and just say things that just flow like without a literal problem. Like sometimes, you know, when you start in the fern, like first start and learn how to cuss, and I'll just say that like when you're younger, you just start saying cuss words. You don't really put it together. It's not sounding good. But the way that which Kiki Palmer's mother let them words slide, I knew from the gate she was a professional cusser and she meant business. But why was she not? I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's going to want to be about protecting their child. And so I see no hurt um, or foul with that. I think that the way that Darius, which is Kiki Palmer's uh, 
the father of her son, I feel like they wanted to make it seem like Sharon was the problem or she was the, the problematic one, but she's not. Since these conversations have been recorded and put out there into the world, a few things have come also come about is that not only um, did Darius allegedly hurt Kiki, but that there's an alleged situation where the brother who decided to speak out about allegedly Kiki, it seems as if that he may have had a situation with the mother of his daughter and that there could possibly, possibly be some sort of abuse or something going on with that. One thing that did come out that is not alleged, that is a fact, is that Kiki Palmer, sir, Kiki Darius, the father of Kiki Palmer's child's mother, also had a protective order against their father. So you have the husband, the father, the 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 patriarch of the family, um, have domestic violence issues, and then potentially the two sons. I don't know if they have more kids, but at least those two sons then are allegedly carrying on the same attributes as their father. I honestly don't understand how Darius and his brother and his mother could think that if Kiki Palmer has video of these alleged um, dealings where he's choking her, where he almost ran over with the car, where he take her, took her phone, if he's pushed her over her chairs, like all these things that are being said and that are in court documents. If these things are the case and there is video to prove that, honestly, coming out with all these re revelations of these recordings of Kiki's mother, Ashley isn't going to um, hurt them. It's going to, it's not, it's actually going to hurt them more than they think that it's going to hurt Kiki because no mother, no father, no person would not say the things that Kiki's mother said, period. A few things that we need to take in consideration is one, we need to start waiting until we get in more information. Like I could have come in and made a, an emergency, let me breaking news podcast, but let's just sit and wait because the longer that we wait, we'll get the information that we first of all are not even, shouldn't even be privy to. But since we are, we will get the information. When we first learned of Kiki Palmer getting a uh, requesting um, custody of the son, there were so many people that was like, okay, after all this drama back and forth with the whole Usher thing, now you're going to try to take your child's father from his son. But that wasn't the case. We now know that there was a reason that this happened was because he was being abusive. Why would a mother, why would a woman be okay with being in a, around a situation where she knows that the man that she's around is unsafe, unfit? Um, people have said things like, why does she get pregnant with this man? Why does she do this? Why does she do that? Uh, let's just, let's just keep it real. A lot of us have done things that we shouldn't have done. I've dated men that I shouldn't have dated. I've dated, matter of fact, if we're talking about being unsafe and unsafe situations, I dated a man that actually had done the same type of thing to his ex-girlfriend. And I honest to, to the Lord believe that the only reason why it didn't happen to me was one, I got out of it. I wasn't really, um, engulfed with this relationship as, as I probably wanted to be originally. The second thing was my parents, um, found out about, about his situation and made it very clear almost from day one. Like I would say maybe day two when they discovered it, cause they discovered it before I did. I, I probably should have done better do, you know, do justice of looking things up. But since I didn't, uh, my parents had done it for me. And so when they discovered it, they let me further know. And then they let him know that, listen here, 
whatever you did in that situation is what you did in that situation. But what we ain't going to do is sit back and watch her, whether she's making a good choice or not be in a situation where we're going to make her feel like she's alone or unsafe at any given time. I have family members that are willing, ready, and able to carry out anything that needs to be carried out. And I don't necessarily always mean that in a violent way, but I do mean that I will always find protection. I will always have some sort of covering. And I always said from day one, once the first story came out about this abuse, I'm just like, well, where is the family members at? Where's the father at? What's going on? Because my father is not really that. He's not that's just not him. Like I'm a married woman. My father respects my husband. He would never step on my husband's toes, but as a father, he would stand up. Like he would be the one that's going to be like, we're not letting this happen. And so that's why I didn't understand. But again, whatever is happening, it is happening. And the one thing that we could do is one, continue to pray that hopefully Kiki can get all the support that she needs mentally, emotionally, and physically that she can feel safe in her home, that she doesn't have to feel, you know, disturbed in her, in her home, because you should have a right to be in your home with your child and live in peace. We all know that protective uh, orders are great to have, but they're also a piece of paper. And so my goal in prayer is that she stays safe because again, you know, you're dealing with somebody who is dead set on acting as if they didn't do anything. A lot of the, the sound bites that I've been hearing regarding him is just that he's very nonchalant about it, almost narcissistic. Like, okay, where's my kid? I don't care about all this. I don't want to hear about all this. Where's my child? And I just pray that the judge can make sure that whatever is in the best interest of that child is taken into consideration. Because again, no child is asked to come here and now they're in the middle of this. And there are people that are like, boo-hoo, you're, you're leaving a, a black father and not being able to be around his son. Um, you're talking about a father who is ineligible to be around his son if you're going to be disrespectful or harm the mother of your child. I wouldn't care what color you came in. If you're harming the woman that gave life to your child and you see nothing wrong with that, something is wrong with you. And so whatever they decide to pursue, they decide, they decide to pursue. Now in the midst of me in the, you know, get ready to record, then all of a sudden we have Diddy who's on the chopping block regarding the alleged abuse and the, uh, even rape of Cassie. Now, listen, I would love to be able to say he did it. I know he did. He didn't do it. I know he didn't, but I'm just going to go and believe the victim until we have other reasons to believe so, right? I'm just going to go ahead and believe the victim until we have other reasons to believe so. Also, there have been way too many, several other women that have had uh, conversations about things that have happened with P Diddy or Diddy, Diddy Love, whatever his name is, Diddy Bop. Um, so it's not, it's not out of character to hear that he could have allegedly have caused harm to Cassie. It's literally not out of character. Like it's not one of those people. He's not one of those people where you hear this and you're just like, I don't really know. Like, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. When you hear, you're just like, eh, you know, finally she decided to say something. I honestly don't feel, I, 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 and again, I'm willing to be wrong, but I just choose to believe the victim until we have other reasons to believe anything different. And so there's other proof that that didn't happen. Diddy has money. I'm sure he'll find a way to try to pay his way out of something. Who knows? But the end of the day is that no woman should be in a situation where she feels like her partner is literally calling the shots. I, I think it's understandable that in Holly Weird, and I don't say Hollywood, but Holly Weird, there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes that are abnormal to the everyday person. The everyday person would not be as in depth into a situation where a person can literally control 
you know, you're, you're eating, you're, you're going in, you're coming out. Now there's plenty of women that have everyday lives that are dealing with this. That's not what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is to the level and the, and the extent and the backing of the fact that if she had called the police or she had reported this while she was with him, the fact that he has so many people that he could pay in the police departments and this department and that department to get his way. And not that he still couldn't do it now, but the, the point of it is, is that this is the reason why women don't speak up one, because we're not believed. That's number one. Number two, you got to jump through all these hurdles. It's a lot. So of course, like always, we, I will follow the story and see what comes of it again right now. It's just the fact that the lawsuit was put into place. She, I don't know, maybe she didn't have enough evidence to like, you know, press criminal charges. Who knows? Because I know that statute of limitations are real. And if they're you know, the statute limitation limitations has come to the point where, you know, she can't pursue anything, you know, criminal wise, then yes, suing him would be the next, the next best option. There are going to be people that are team Cassie and team Diddy. I'm not team either one. I'm on the team that is right. If this woman has been harmed in some way, then Diddy needs to be held accountable. Um, oftentimes, especially with people of men of his high caliber have gotten away with things and it didn't matter if it was right, if it happened or didn't, because again, money can make the world go round. And so my hope is that she gets her fair shake, that she's allowed to tell her story, that she can stand on the premise of what happened and try to get justice because it's unfortunate, but Cassie wasn't going to be the only one. I, you know, I don't know what's going on with him and young Miami. That's none of my business as far as, you know, this conversation, but there could be others. There could be, you know, people in the past that has had these types of dealings with Diddy. All I know is that this is the day of reckoning. And I feel like now celebrities are no longer being able to use their status so much at the point where they control you know, the simple filing of such case, like, you know what I mean? Like people are allowed to speak and have their final say about things that have happened to them. So let's switch gears and talk about the holiday because by the time that we come back for next Friday's episode, it will be after the holidays. So yes, Thanksgiving for those who celebrate it is next Thursday. And with that being said, there's a lot of prep that has to go along to help, you know, to get everything together. And I know that, thank, shout out to my husband, he has been doing the grocery shopping since the pandemic, like legitimately since the pandemic happened. My husband was like, if there's going to be a hit being taken as far as our family, I'm going to be the one that does it. And so he has been doing the grocery shopping prior to, uh, as COVID kept in, like he's been the one that's been doing it. And so I haven't really stepped my baby toe into a grocery store. I mean, there's been a couple times where I've done it, but when I've done it, when it has, whenever I've done it, it's been more or less just because it's something that I wanted to do or something I picked up that was exclusively for myself when it comes to the family and whatever it is that we need for the household, my husband has been doing it. And so trying to do those final checks, I would admonish anyone that's out there trying to get their shopping done. You know, this weekend is going to be crazy, but you might as well just go ahead and grin and bear. Um, to go ahead and get your shopping done this weekend, because if you go into the grocery store from pretty much almost Sunday, even Monday, um, I promise you it's going to be an actual mess. Now, when should you start to thaw out your turkey? Because I don't know. I feel like people who have never cooked a turkey, like if this is your first year, I want you to go ahead and spend some time going over it. You know, people will tell you like, don't cook turkeys. This ain't the time to practice. And for the most part, I do agree with that. But then I also know that eventually you, you kind of have to put your hand into the, to the gospel plow to get it started. 
Um, but you should be thawing your turkeys five to six days before Thanksgiving. Um, with today being Friday, it's almost indicative that you should take it out now, especially if you plan on brining your turkey and doing all those things. Like it's pretty much time to take that turkey out because you probably should have taken out maybe a day or two since like maybe yesterday or something, but you should be starting to take that turkey out now. It should be out uh, one day for every four to five pounds of your turkey. So if you have, let's say a 25, no, 20 pound turkey, you should be taking that out four days. So you got Wednesday, Tuesday, Monday, Saturday. So about good Saturday, you should be taking your turkey out and you need to adjust it according to that. Again, it's one day for every four to five pounds of your turkey. You should be taking it out because you don't want to do the whole sitting it out and letting it kind of like thaw out in the sink kind of all day, like kind of put it in a refrigerator and let it thaw out that way. The natural way. Don't try to, you know, first of all, you can't really microwave, thank God, because some of y'all would probably defrost and microwave a turkey. It's not a good look. Um, so again, if you are a turkey eater, there are several people who don't even like turkey. I've heard this a million one times that they just don't like it. They feel like it's dry. That just has to do with the prepping and cooking and all the things. And just, there's a couple things you can do. Look it up. I am not here to be a chef for you on this thing. I'm just here to tell you what to do to get ready. Now, one of the things that I was talking to my hairstylist about is the real anxiety that it is to pull off a Thanksgiving meal, even if you are like chef of chefs, the amount of anxiety that takes place on prepping and getting a meal cooked for Thanksgiving is real because from the time of you trying to get all the ingredients, make sure you don't need anything else. I, it's a lot. And so there are people who are like myself who deal with anxiety and you may be feeling some strong level of anxieties as you're preparing for Thanksgiving. Please know that you are not alone. The one thing I can suggest to you is one, go shopping early, go shopping early. And when you make your, your list, make your list according to what you're going to cook and all the ingredients that are needed for that. If you're making mac and cheese, make sure you go down the list and make sure you have all the things and grab a couple of extra butters, like things like that. Get an extra thing of sugar. Get a little small thing of extra brown sugar. Things like that that you know that you're going to use in abundance that you don't want to have yourself like, you know, I don't have it. Uh, make sure you grab your fresh onions, your celeries, and all those things you need to have ready because I promise you, <laughs> waiting until the last second is definitely not what you want to do. Um, so go early get the things that you need. And that way, when you start to go through and you start to pull things, you should be by like Monday, you want to just be like, okay, let me go through everything one more time and just make that list, making a list and trying to be as prepared as you possibly can. Keeping in mind that with anxiety, that means that things aren't going to always go the way that it needs that you want it to go. And so there will be some, some trials and tribulations that come along with it. But for the most part, just start preparing early. You know that you need that time to prep. When you start to cook, make sure that one, you, you know, get everything cleaned up. You should have already cleaned out your refrigerator because yesterday was national clean out your refrigerator day. If you haven't done so, I really would encourage you to go ahead and do that. Um, trash day was today. So I made sure that I cleared out all the things, you know, all that food that you just don't realize is in the back of the refrigerator. We all have it. Go ahead and clear it out. Wipe everything down, get everything ready because by the time you cook all this food and it's time to put everything up, you're going to have food all through that refrigerator and you know, you're going to have to play almost like a Tetris to get everything in there. So go ahead and prep your refrigerator. Go ahead and prep the things that you need as far as your list. 
make sure that you keep your environment for cooking as light as possible. If you cannot cook with a sibling or a family member in your kitchen and it's your house, go ahead and plan to try to eliminate all of that. Um, in our house, I cook with my kids. They are assigned a dish that they like to make and we have a great time and I don't allow another sibling into that kitchen while I am spending time with the other sibling so that each child will have time with me to go over certain cooking. We talk about cook safety and all that other crazy and wonderful things that we need to know when we're putting food and doing prep. Um, I also like to um, have music playing in the kitchen because that is what keeps me calm or a podcast going. You could be listening to this podcast. That would be great. But whatever you choose to do, just be sure that again, you are creating the atmosphere in your home so that you can just have a little bit more a relaxed time. For me, I am taking the kids to an event here in Philadelphia the night before Thanksgiving where I would be like extra preppy, like trying to prep things and trying to cook and all that other stuff. I'm going to take the kids out and we're going to have a little bit of fun. And if that means I come in later and have to cook or I prep things a little earlier, whatever that is going to look like, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Thankfully, because the kids are already going to be home, I probably will have everything prepped with them. They'll, they'll help me prep certain things, cut up some things and get some things ready. But in the meantime, I just want to make sure that my environment is conducive for cooking and that I try to eliminate stress. Also, try to eat before you start to cook because not eating and then cooking is stressful. Your stomach is hurting. You know, you have all these emotions going on. You're like praying that everything comes out the right way. Just try to make sure that you eat. In my house, I'm not cooking the night before Thanksgiving. That has always been a tradition, even when I was a single person and a single woman and didn't have kids. Like, I'm not cooking um, anything the night before Thanksgiving if it's not actual Thanksgiving food for Thanksgiving dinner. So that means that we'll most likely have to order something because there's just no way and um, go from there. Find something that is going to make your night as easy as possible. That's my tips for preparing for preparing for the actual dinner. Um, yes, this is not the time to practice on certain food, but I do feel like there are there is going to come a point in time where you're going to have to just like, okay, I'm going to just go ahead and take on this journey and, you know, get some help from other people, you know, consult. Like sometimes you have to put yourself in the fire to learn. Like you won't learn until you, you won't know until you know. And so, you know, don't try to go up against your grandmom and your aunt and don't think that you've come out the woodworks with all, you know, having their accolades because they've been cooking for a long time. But at some point you will become, you know, new turkey cookers for this year. Take heart in the fact that you will get better as the years go by. So you will find what works for you, what seasonings work best for you. You'll find different preparations that work for you. I make my turkey probably 20, 11 times different almost every single time because there's so many different recipes that you can use. Um, so don't get caught up in the fact that, okay, you're doing something different than someone else. It's okay. You, you have a right. You should go ahead and do that. You can do that. And so I, I admonish you to go ahead and just try to give it a try. Try your hand at this. Um, and if you feel like, you know, it's just overwhelming, then make an after Thanksgiving dinner and try your hand at that. You know, you can always do that. There's always a million and one ways around it. So we talked about Kiki Palmer. We talked about the alleged um, abuse with Didi. This just came out within the last 24 hours. It will develop. There's so many conversations on TikTok, so many conversations on all social media platforms about Kim Porter and what Kim Porter knew, what Kim Porter witnessed. But Kim Porter is not here. So I don't know how much value we can give to that unless there was some, you know, documentation that was left by her. But what I do know is that 
I want women to be protected, period. And between Kiki and Kiki Palmer and I should know, no, no, let's not say Kiki Palmer, between Darius and Diddy, we got a lot going on. Got a lot going on. So let us switch gears and welcome our guest, James. As we have this conversation, remember company is coming to the Kimmel Center November the 28th and lasting until December the 10th. It's an amazing show. I want you to go out and see it. I will be seeing it during that time period. I cannot wait. I'm not going to tell you when, but I will be there and I can't wait. And as always, I always give a review and I don't allow like the podcast interview to try to sway me on what my review will look like. I go in with fresh eyes and I give it a whirl and see what I like about it. The things I liked about it, things that I didn't like about it. Um, what you should know before you go. I do all of those things because I want you to be prepared um, so that you can get the best experience possible. So without any further ado, James, let's have that conversation. And we're going to talk about company and all the accomplishments that you have had. Happy Friday, everyone. We are back with Conversations with Toy. And we just so happen to have an amazing guest today, which we have not had this almost this whole season. That's not a lot. We've had a few. But today we have an amazing actor and his name is James Earl Jones II. Now we are going to talk to James and talk about the things that he's got going on because if you live here or will be in the Philadelphia area, especially around the holidays and all those wonderful things, there is an amazing show that I want you to see called Company and that is coming to the Kimmel Center November the 28th through December the 10th. And I will have a link in the bio for you to hit the button so that you can get these tickets. This is a show to not miss. Like there's, I, I go, I say this every time because I do a lot of theater. You know how much I love theater, but I tell you, you got to support art. The arts are not dead. They are very much alive. And so C Company will talk more with James. Hi, James. How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm amazing. Y'all hear that voice, that deep voice? Yes, we're here and we're listening to James. James, can you talk to me about, first <clears throat> of all, let's just clear the air right now. James Earl Jones II, people are going mm -hmm. to assume because they're not paying attention that you would be related <clears throat> to the infamous James Earl Jones, and you are. Is that correct? I am, but I'm not his son, and I'm not his grandson. I am a distant cousin, and I'm actually named after my father, so. There we go. So for those who were, if you dr got drawn in, good. This, you're supposed to be here. And we want you to listen in because James is his own actor and he is an amazing one at that. Can you talk to us about, first of all, how did you get into theater? Like what was your pull into acting and, and, and starting your craft? What was the pull? What was the reason you started? Um, <clears throat> uh, the reason I started was because I was hyperactive in schools. Um, um, I, I was, uh, I was in first, second grade when, um, a, a teacher told my mother that, uh, she was like, your son has a problem with being focused. And, you know, I mean, back then, I don't think anybody, I don't think that people were, you know, talking openly about ADD or ADHD or the possibilities of those things. And so it was just like, your son's hyperactive and he has a bit of a focus problem. <clears throat> okay. So uh, my mother and father, they put me into, um, they just had me try out this uh, audition just to work with other kids because I was growing up uh, as an only child. And um, 
So I did a play called Toby Tyler and the 10 Days at the Circus at Upstage Downstage in Skokie, Illinois. I myself am from and living in Chicago. Uh, shout out to the shy. So uh, I did I did um, I did a play in second grade, a play in third grade and a play in fourth. But then I, I stopped. I actually focused more on singing. And that was because my music teacher was like, he has a problem with his focus, um, <laughs> but <clears throat> he has a gift for singing. So my mother was like, oh, I'm gonna put him in singing too. So my parents uh, had me singing with the All City Elementary Youth Chorus and both acting and singing were things that I enjoyed doing, but honestly, I wasn't passionate about doing it. I just could do it. My dream was to be a doctor. Um, and I thought I was going to see that dream all the way through um, until uh, my junior year into high school, my junior into senior high school year. That summer, I did a medical program at the department uh, at UIC hospitals, working in the department of transplant surgery. And my supervisor, Mike, had just finished med school at, at Fisk. And he was telling me about all of the things that you had to do in order to actually become a doctor, like the amount of years in school, right? Which I hadn't even thought about. I had already applied and been admitted to Emory University for pre-med, like early admission. I was like, I'm gonna be a doctor. Okay. And, was, and then he was like, well, that's cool. Cause you're going to be in school for probably 15 to 20 years. And I was like, I am not going to be a doctor what am I going to do with my life? <clears throat> you didn't want to be the professional student. You said, listen, how many years? Not so much. Not me. Get somebody yeah. else to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good off that. So then they said, uh, my parents were like, well, what are you going to do? And I honestly, I, I didn't know. And one of my mother, uh, one of my dad's sisters, uh, my dad is originally from Itabina, a small Delta city down in, in Mississippi. And his sister was talking to the phone, talking on the phone with him. And she said, uh, well, he sang, don't he? And my dad said, yeah. She said, well, why don't he go to school for singing? I mean, he could probably get a scholarship or something. And my dad was like, hey, you ever thought about going to school for singing? And I was like, uh, sure. He was like, yeah, you probably get some money. And that's what I did. I just started auditioning, took my parents' money, and I auditioned and applied at like 13 colleges. Um, I settled on the University of Illinois Champaign, um, majoring in vocal performance. My focus was opera. And um, and even then, I, I'll be honest, the suggestion to do singing was still because I could do singing, not mm -hmm. because I was passionate about it, right? So I think throughout my time at U of I, I spent more time singing in this acapella octet called The Other Guys than actually focusing on doing any opera at all. Like I had my voice lessons, I worked with my vocal coach, took all my classes, but I really avoided doing any large scale operas at U of I. And then, um, I went to Italy, uh, sang in Rome, Venice, Florence. I sang, I actually sang a solo in Notre Dame in Paris. And then I came back to Chicago and started working at a law firm. 
as if like all of that time never was, happened. Yeah. Um, my ex, <clears throat> my girlfriend at that time, she was working at the law firm and I just thought that's what people did. They got out of college, then they went and had a regular job. Like it didn't even occur to me. Um, and then my voice teacher, uh, who I was very close with in, in Chicago, he died. And when he died, he left me um, boxes and boxes of vocal music. And he left me an upright piano. And uh, his brother gave me a letter. And the letter asked me uh, what I had done with my life. And at that point, uh, I could honestly say I hadn't done much. And okay. so... I um I told myself that the following year it's going to be my resolution. I was going to just change my pattern and do something different and I I needed to do something, right? I needed I had never auditioned, I didn't do anything. So, I was like I got got audition. I don't know where to begin. I have no theater training. I I I have nothing. Like I just didn't really know what to do. But um I tried to research as much as I could, and I auditioned for a show at the beginning of the year called The Gondoliers with the Hyde Park Gilbert and Sullivan Society in Hyde Park, where Obama once lived. Um, and um, I played Giuseppe, uh, which is one of the lead roles. And then I did a show at this theater in Chicago called the Black Ensemble Theater. And then I just kept going. Okay. So here I am. Well, I love the fact that one, you're here because you've done <clears throat> quite a lot of things, a lot of beautiful things. And something that you weren't passionate about initially, you still found something that you were good at and, and continued to stay the course sort of kind of in a way. Uh, yeah. What have been some of the lessons that you have learned from that, just alone from that? <clears throat> um, The lessons I, I have learned is that um, one, it's never too late. Um, because I think that sometimes people feel like um, I'm this, I'm this old, I'm this young, I can't achieve this, I can't acquire this, I can't investigate this, right? But like um, you have you have life in your body. And right. as long as you do you can absolutely do anything, right? You, you must give yourself the freedom to, to study, to want to go to school, to want to get that job, to want to have that life. And it is not necessarily saying, oh, it's easy, but it's possible. Right. And I think that, I think that that's uh, a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm too short and I'm too skinny and I can't do this and I'm not smart enough. And I don't, it's like, if you want it, if you want it, try for it, go for it, you know, um, because I, I, I just feel like I'm someone who started later in right. this, in this career. Um, but I don't feel like it has hindered me at all. Um, uh, also, uh, I would say a lesson is to doing this business. And I think really any business is to be kind, 
to be kind to yourself because this is this is a very flaky business it is a dirty game and and honestly like people will tear you down purposefully sometimes on accident and you have to have you have to have the mindset you have to be able to continue to remind yourself that you are more than enough and to encourage yourself um, to do the things that people think you cannot do right. right. Um, also be kind to others, right? I think that like you, you walk through this world every day where sometimes people are nice, right? but, but they're not kind and there is a difference. There is a difference. And I feel like oftentimes people assume that because you're nice, you're kind, but you're not. Um, I've, I've met some of the most nicest people who are not the kindest. And we just celebrated World Kindness Day. And I'm like always encouraging people to like see like the, the value in being kind. I find that you get more out of life in general when you're kind. Like when you put kindness out more than just being nice. When you put true kindness out, you get more in return. Like I've had people remember the kindness that I've that I've extended to them, and I'm always just like, that's just that's just the way that I am. That's just how I am because we live in a world already where there's already enough of shenanigans and foolishness going on. I don't need to contribute. I don't need to be a contributor of any more anything happening. So I'm glad that you said that. I'm glad that you said that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I and and the last thing I would say is just like study, study, study with regards to like the things in your craft and around your craft because you never know like sometimes people are like, "Ooh, I want to be an actor." And then it turns out that they really prefer to be a director or or they want to work in wardrobe, or they want to do props, or they want to do producing. You know, people right. branch off from so many different things. You know, you you're never sure what it is. I mean, I mean, you can you can find things that you settle in that you're like, I really love this, but leave yourself open. Leave yourself open to the possibility of of other things, uh, especially in this business, because the, it's not just the actors, right? We are we are a company that has actors, musicians, crew, um, management. You know, there's so many people that work with us, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you see 10 people on stage, but there's 40 people working with us, you know? So yes. um, it is always a collaborative effort and you never know what it is you might really love doing. So just, you know, be open to that. Right. I've talked to my daughter and um, we talked off camera about this, but my daughter, she's in stage crew and she's getting into sound. And initially she just wanted to kind of go in and build things like that's She's like artistic and she's like, I just want to go build. But somebody saw that she had the ability, like the maturity. She's a freshman to like do sound. And she was kind of nervous because she's like, I don't know if I can do technical stuff. Like, I don't know if that's my thing. And she did it. And she's the first freshman to do it um, at their school. And she's like enjoying it. But like I tell her, like, You'll never know what you'll like until you try it at least once. Like, give it a and, try. And my daughter, uh, I have a daughter, Samaje, and she is, she went to school initially. She's in college now, and she went to school initially to sing. But like a weekend, she was like, hmm. I feel like I also want to, 
I really want to focus more, I think, on theater with the possibility of musical theater, but maybe not necessarily right now classical singing. Um, so she went to Shy Arts specifically for classical singing from high school, but then now has decided that theater might kind of be her thing. And she just like did some ushering at her school and she's been talking about working on the crew for a couple of shows. And so it's like, she's just kind of opening herself up to the possibility of other things. So I, I completely understand. Yeah, and we gotta I always gotta encourage the young people to do that. Cause again, my mother always, when I tell my mom that she was doing it, she was like, yes, get her <clears throat> because you can do so much with having different skill sets, you know, and learning different things. Like just her learning um, is, is, is valuable to her, you know, just for anybody. Okay. Now let's talk about, um, Sorry about that. Let's talk about company because that is mm. the show that you're in. Can you give a really quick synopsis without giving any um, of the details away because we want to see it for ourselves because you're going to go see it. Remember, November the 28th to December the 10th here at the Kimmel Center, specifically playing at the Forest Theater. Um, can you talk about what the show, the premise of the show is in your role? Sure. So the show... Uh, <clears throat> the show originally was created in 1970 about a bachelor named Bobby, who was 35. He was loosely dating uh, three women and then he, he was co connected with five couples, five married couples who were all asking him, hey, Bobby, what are you gonna do with your life? Um, this director, our director, Marianne Elliott, <clears throat> in 2018 um, flipped it uh, in London and then brought that show to Broadway where now Bobby is a 35 year old female. She is dating three men and there are five married couples still asking Bobby, what are you gonna do with your life? Um, we've had some gender swapping, uh, whereas we had an Amy and a Paul, and now that couple is actually Jamie and Paul. So it's two men um, and, um, it is, I, I think that it really is like art imitating life. And I, I, I'm glad that it happened because now I think that people watching the show can feel like things are more relatable to them. Um, but I will definitely say that like, this is a story really kind of about, um, I think speaks more for women now than, um, than ever before, just because of questions with regards to women's rights and bodily autonomy. Yes. And, and, on, and honestly, the pressures that women still get um, about what are you going to do when you're going to get married? How are you going to find security? When are you going to have kids? When am I going to have grandkids? What are you going to, you know, so many different things. It's like yes. people not to say that pressures still aren't on men sometimes, but there's a larger percentage of pressure on women everywhere. Yes. And and so I just think that this is this is a musical journey uh written by Stephen Sondheim and George Firth. Um that is uh, uh really just an awesome journey through this woman observing these various couples and how they kind of interact with each other. Uh, I play Harry. Um, <clears throat> I'm uh, one of the married couples and my wife, Sarah, is played by Catherine Allison. Uh, she's awesome. And we have an awesome chemistry on stage. And um, 
yeah, I, it's weird because I feel like I can't say too much. Yeah, don't don't give no spoilers. No, but I uh, love to come in with fresh eyes and see for myself. Yes, 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 yes. But um, Bobby is played by uh, Brittany Coleman. She and I actually did Dream Girls together like 11, 12 years ago. Okay. 11 years ago. And so this is our first time performing again together since then. And um, she's just, she's luminous and she's awesome on the stage. And uh, I think people are really, really going to love it. And it is a musical. That's correct. Correct. It is a musical. Okay. There's, there's lots and lots and <laughs> lots of music. I'm here for that. Um, I can't wait to see it, first of all, because I love musicals. I just I just do. And mm -hmm. for someone, would you suggest this would be a good show for someone who has never seen a show before? Like if this is a newbie, what would you say to a newbie has never seen a show, never been to any type of stage show? What would you suggest to them? Uh, I feel like if you're, even if you're a newbie, um, come see company. Uh, I, I think that, the only way to not be a newbie is to be a part of something, right? You gotta, yes. you gotta start somewhere. You start so, somewhere, right? So come on and start with with company. Awesome. Yeah. What are some things that you have on the horizon, or things that you know we're, we're getting into the end of the year? We're about to start eventually, you know, eventually a new year, and everybody does, or some people do the whole like they look ahead and they're like, I want to do this and do that. Are there anything that's like? on your horizon that you have your eyes on maybe it hasn't worked it hasn't like fermented yet but you're just like your eyes are looking into it your spirit is kind of open to it what is there some things that you're working towards um so uh incidentally i i actually do a fair amount of mixed mcdonald's voiceover um okay. so um um i have really enjoyed doing voiceover work for McDonald's. They are awesome people. Um, I would, I would like to add to that more animated voiceover. Okay. Um, I feel like there are things that I have gotten very close to and I've just gotten, I've gotten so close and then, um, and then, and then it slips through my fingers. So um, that is something I'm definitely looking forward to um, tackling more of in the new year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll be doing this show until October of next year. So voiceover is, it's, it's great because I can do it anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. And, um, and so that is, that is just what I love. I love the convenience of doing voiceover. So Animated VO is what I'm looking for in the new year. That's what I am looking to manifest. Yeah. Okay. Now, one last question, because we do talk about <clears throat> mental health and wellness. What are the ways in which you take care of yourself? You know, we talk about a lot of people say self-care. People call it all kinds of different things, and that's fine. But what do you do really to tap into making sure that you, James, is good? Like, beyond the roles, beyond doing things that you like to do or things that you're good at, what are ways that you take care of you every single day? Right. Ways I take care of me. Well, I definitely, it's funny to say, I take some time out for myself every day because I am literally by, by myself. Um, 
during 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 the mornings. But yeah, it's simply just taking taking some time in the morning to just just reflect, just sit, even if it seems like mundane, just to be in that quiet and just just breathe, you know, like just thanking, thanking God for another day. And um, I definitely enjoy movies and TV. Love it, love it, love it. Okay. Um, uh, I check in with my mom. Uh, I check in with my daughter um, because I just want to, I always want to be connected to them. My mother has actually been uh, very sick. She's getting better, but um, my father passed away last year. My mother got sick after that. And so I check in with her all the time and, and um, I have, um, yeah, I think that not just having my family that I reach out to, but also the company that we work with, you know, like we are all, we all become a family simply by circumstance, right? We are all performing in this show. And so we all, um, we all connect with one another. We find things that we can do with one another in the city. Um, and we fellowship with one another. And honestly, I mean, we perform the show eight times a week. So it's like, yes, we, we see each other oh. every day uh, and, and probably even on Mondays because those are travel days to the next city, right? Um, so we have we have time to check in. And um, and yeah, I mean, it all depends. Like every, every company is different. Uh, I have been, I've traveled through Philly um, on two different shows. I did Gershwin's Porgy and Bess mm -hmm. and, and we came to Philly in okay. 20, 2014. Um, I did Come From Away and we were there at the Academy of Music. Yes, and, I was there. <laughs> so we were there, we actually were there twice, right? Because we, mm -hmm. we were there in 2019 and then we came back in 2023. Yeah, I was just there. My I took my youngest with me, I believe, my youngest daughter with me. Yes, yes. So um, so yeah, traveling with these companies, you know, they they become they become that family. Um, some people are like, you know, man, I love a good workout. I'm like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I'm good. I'm I'm good. Um <laughs> I, but uh but yeah, I I feel like reading a little, chilling a little, walking around, checking out a museum an interesting thing about a city like that's that's good for me and you know obviously I'm looking for mac and cheese in every city <laughs> well there are some amazing mac and cheese places here like you can get some good ones like I, I can I can give you a couple spots for you to try okay okay mm -hmm. I got you no okay. worries there um okay. but yeah I, I'm glad um remember for those who are listening that there will be a link in the show as there always is for you to click on the link and purchase your own tickets so that you can know what I'm going to experience when I go. And James, we're so grateful to have you on the show today. Uh, we're looking forward to this. Remember, it's coming November the 28th through December the 10th. So you do have some time. Do not wait to the last minute to get your tickets. Um, get them tickets now. Plan for it. Bring a friend. Tell a friend. Make sure that you go see company. Thank you, Toy. <laughs> All right. What did you think? James 
is absolutely amazing. I wish him nothing but the best as he continues his journey and everything that he had manifested comes true and forth for him in the 2024. It's crazy to say 2024 like this, that we're about to just step our baby toes in some 2024. That's absolutely crazy. Um, shout out to all the people that are about to put them dinners together and make them, them dinners fire this Thanksgiving. Um, please do treat yourself good this Thanksgiving holiday. This is the first of the, the holiday season. Actually, Halloween was. And if we go from Halloween, we go into Thanksgiving. And then from Thanksgiving, we go into Christmas. And yes, this debate about people bypassing Thanksgiving, there's really no Thanksgiving things that you can do outside of eating and pre preparing for food. We're going to eat, right? And so, yes, if it's okay, we, we're going to eat and then we're going to go and get our our Christmas situation started. I've been listening to Christmas music since November 1st. That is my preference. I don't make other people struggle through that outside of the fact that, you know, like my kids know I'm gonna play, they, they know I'm gonna play Christmas music after November 1st. The one child that I have is just like, no, we shouldn't be listening to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. Um, she's on the same team as her dad. God bless her and her dad. But um, in my car, I will listen to Christmas music starting November the 1st. Um, a known little tidbit about me when it comes to Christmas music is that if I'm having a bad day and it's not even Christmas, it could be the middle of summer and I need that pick me up. I may listen to Christmas music all year round just because they, Christmas music has like almost, it feels like it has like natural endorphins. It feels like when you listen to it, you feel airy. It feels like when you listen to it, it makes you feel good and think about good memories. So you have to do whatever you feel is best for you. Um, have the most amazing weekend. Please find something that you can do for yourself to fill your cup. Again, by the time we come back together, it will be Thanksgiving will be over. However, in the show notes, I have a Thanksgiving episode that was recorded, I believe a few years ago. And it just talks about the ins and out of the day, things that you should be watchful for, because, you know, it's always amazing how we can't just come together, have a great meal, talk about some good times, have a couple of cocktails, if that's your thing and go about our way. But oftentimes when we come together, we have to contend with family members who want to be habitual line steppers. They say things that are rude, they're triggerish. There's all kinds of things happening, please take care of you. I have had um, a no contact with my dad's side of the family for quite some time. Um, I'm not necessarily in it, in it anymore. I've taken choices to decide if I want to deal with certain ones, pull back on certain things. So I'm not necessarily full contact, but when I was at no contact, was which was my choice and it was good for me to have that just so I can get myself together and do what was best for me. You just have to learn that people aren't going to agree with it. There are going to be people who feel like you should continue having some sort of relationship with people. There are going to be people who feel like, you know, they agree with you. And honestly, you have to learn to live life without an amen corner. And what that simply means is that everybody ain't going to always agree with you. You can't get somebody to do a high five in the middle of the air every time you make a decision. Sometimes you just have to make decisions and let the chips fall where they may. But when it comes to your mental health, when it comes to making decisions that again are going to benefit you in the long run, you have to learn to just say yes and take it. And again, when I say there's no amen corner, I absolutely mean that. Learn to make decisions according to what is best for you and the people that you are financially, emotionally, and mentally responsible for without having that amen corner. So have the most amazing Thanksgiving, have the most amazing week, but we will be back on Black Friday with another episode. I cannot wait. I am quite sure we are going to have a time and we have a guest, so I cannot wait even more. Have a great weekend. Have a great Thanksgiving. Love and peace to you and anybody that you're coming in contact with. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Toy.
Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.